Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome back to the Ramble. Oh boy, do I have a treat for you today. A very, very, very special person is on the podcast. I've only just met her as we are doing this podcast. However, she has been close to me through my wife uh, in our life for many years and has brought healing into our family, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Her name is Martine Kleissen. And she is passionate about creating sacred spaces for women to remember their wholeness, access embodied freedom and reclaim pathways to inner knowing, infinite worthiness and radiant feminine frequency. As a Kundalini dance facilitator, Andean Mesa carrier, light language healer and Akashic Records advanced consultant, she anchors a rainbow bridge of divine feminine and masculine energies that help women remember the wholeness of their humanity and divinity as one. With deep reverence for those who have come before us, she calls upon ancient wisdom teachings and traditions as passed on for millennia to support us in the present with our healing for past, present and future generations. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. I'm very happy to have you. All those things fascinate me, but I am, I I don't know what the word would be. They fascinate me. Jana really dives into them and I'm just always in like the halo of them (laughs) and, and just wanting to know more, always wanting to know more. So there's a few reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast. One is because Jana had such a profound healing experience with you, which we can discuss. And I always want to also, I, I've had, do you know Jasmine Rose? Yes. Yeah. So ja- she's lovely, lovely, lovely human as well. And I had her on the podcast and Carmen gone. Do you know Carmen? Yeah. Yeah. These healers definitely have a focus in terms of female energy and, and for, with Jasmine, it's womb healing with you, it's Kundalini dance. And I really, I want to tap into that, but I also love to try and bring in how the, the, the partner can participate in these healing experiences, even if they're not actually there mm-hmm. and, or how any of these relate to the masculine or the male. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to like put that out there as, as another reason. And I'd love for you to define some of the things that we just discussed there. However, this is going to be my first question is it was such a wonderful experience because when I asked Janet to reach out to you, you had said to her, you were sort of reaching out to the universe, if you will, asking to do more podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I was really curious, one that was just beautiful and there's a lesson in that, but I was really curious what it was you wanted to share, what it was that when you've called out and said, I want to do more of these things. You, you had something that maybe you wanted to share more of maybe. So may, maybe we could start somewhere in that jumble of mess that I've just created. I love it. Let's unpack and unweave that. Yeah. I feel 
like putting that out to the universe for me is an opportunity to connect more. So connect more with people that are doing amazing things in the world, like you (laughs) connect more with their communities that are also doing incredible things in the world and want to amplify their own experience, their vibration and their knowing. And that just feels like the essence of it is connection because I all believe we all weave such an intricate piece in the world. And sometimes, and I love listening to podcasts. And so sometimes when I hear someone, it just unlocks like this magical piece that I didn't even know existed. And then it starts to weave into my life in the most incredible ways. So I feel like that's just like this co-creation that we're here to do together. And if I can unlock one thing for one person, I mean, the mission's complete, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's no grandiose thing that I need to do. It's just share, share my truth, share my inner knowing, and hopefully that helps someone remember theirs. Um, That's so, that's so wonderful. And it, it really is. I'm really in this, in this, I would say somewhat hostile, agitated environment that we find ourselves in, in present times, I really try and always also see myself in others and like what others are feeling kind of like what you're talking about to really ensure that I, just because I feel differently, doesn't mean I'm separate from so-and-so or, or what's happening. And, but I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because when you're, when this is like, you talked before the podcast and then just now you keep bringing up this word knowing, this inner knowing, and it was in your bio. And it, the thing that struck me was that sometimes when I hear people speak like yourself, like Jasmine, like some somebody else, Joe Rogan, for instance, and you're like, hey, that's exactly what I was either thinking or, or I was thinking it, but I couldn't contextualize it. I couldn't understand it until that person phrased it, but it actually feels like you already knew it. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. We call that like the aha moments mm-hmm. or if, if someone feels in their body, it's like, Ooh, yes. Like it just feels like a, such a truth and a knowing, mm-hmm. but they feel that viscerally in their body as truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because for thousands of years, but especially in our day and age for decades, we have been taught and we have been socialized and I'm going to use the word indoctrinated Mm -hmm. to validate everything that we think and or feel. But when we work in this mystical realm of being, I feel a divine human on this planet, there's other senses that you cannot validate. They just exist. Mm -hmm. And so when I can remind myself, not in a mental way, but in a body knowing way that I have a truth that exists that needs no validation. It just is. Mm. That is what I love to foster in myself and other people. They don't need to explain it. They don't need to validate it. Mm -hmm. They don't need to even think about it. It just is anchored within themselves as truth. Mm -hmm. And we lose touch with it. Well, or to your point, through the indoctrination, which you know, I don't think we're using that word in, in a negative way. We're just using it in a, in a way that says, this is how we've structured society in the world so that we can make sense of it, so that we can try and predict it, so that we can do all these things with it. And in that, through that modality, I guess, there's all, every fiber of us is a sensory 
it can sense the world and experience the world around us, but we've kind of just, it's like gone to the five senses and then intellectualized them to say like, how, how do I think about that? Yes. And it, it takes us away from the greater language that's being offered to us that we're, we're not allowed to, in many ways, we're not allowed to tap into and then participate in yeah. the society at large. And I guess that voice is something that a lot of people are hearing again. Mm-hmm. And is, is Kundalini dance, is it a doorway to better understanding that voice? Is that fair? How would you describe that? Yeah, that's a great visual. I would say it's doorways within doorways within <laughs> doorways. And I also use the term portal. It's mm-hmm. a portal or an access point to know who you are deeper, to listen in new ways, to feel your truth, to take off the masks that we wear in society or in our relationships and just feel what that essence is for us in that moment. Because of course, like my beautiful mentor in Jamie Alvarez Acosta says, my truth today can change tomorrow. So who we are in that moment is what we dance. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a huge doorway to actually removing the masks that I was wearing in my day-to-day life and to take them off while I was dancing and to discover really who I was at that moment. Jamie's a fantastic, wonderful human being as well. Uh, Attended some of his uh, ceremonies uh, virtually and then he actually did some work with my daughter, Quinn, uh, which was really, really interesting. Uh, he's a healer, shaman, and, and um, she, she sat with him. And he was very uh, careful because he's, he's talked a lot about how child energy, as it relates to the spirit realm and different things, is very sensitive stuff. And, and so he just literally, it was, it was fascinating. Martine, he literally just put his hands on her forehead five minutes and she fell asleep mm. and she slept and slept and slept and, and she had had, you know, some anxiousness and it was like, what just happened here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that was like, that is why I, I, in the most simplistic terms, know that there are people who are healers like yourself yeah. who can tap into something that just makes people feel healed. Mm-hmm. And it's really wonderful. So what is, kundalini dance specifically and what i get people get from it like it's something that you take from but more like how do they interact with it i guess would be a fair question Mm -hmm. i love that you say like what do you get from it and the first thing that came to my heart was like we literally get high on love (laughs) we literally get high on love our own electromagnetic energy field Mm -hmm. so we beam ourselves up And what it really is, is a sacred tantric self-generating energy practice. And so we work with the masculine and the feminine parodies of energy, and we move those energetic breath keys, patterns flow within our system. And we really, if you think of us as batteries, because we're electromagnetic beings, we power ourselves up. And so this is done in such, I would like to say a fluid way, an easy way, 
um, a way that we just trust where energy needs to be moved in our body. And we really work with the breath keys to use our nervous system that helps us align and also rewire and transform and alchemize. Can you, so, can you let, um, just explain breath keys? Yeah. yeah. So there are certain breath patterns that we will do to either energize a particular area of the body or a chakra mm -hmm. and or alchemize energy that's moving through. So we have one called a Shakti breath, which is a divine feminine breath that we raise from the center of the earth. And that Shakti breath is cultivated in our root chakra and then moved up into our sacral chakra or the pelvis, or which we say the womb. So whether you're a female or a male, um, we all have that womb energy. It doesn't matter a gender or a sex. So we cultivate those breath keys there and then different breath keys will open up the solar plexus or we'll be sipping this breath up into the heart and really work with the vibration of the air element to really fill ourselves from the inside out. And then of course, there's other breath patterns for a third eye awakening and then tapping into the divine masculine, which is um, we say the cosmic sun or the star nations or that beautiful sky that lives above us. And you're doing all of this through or during dance with music. With correct? music. Yes. So usually it looks like we move those breath keys and then we really find our freedom and our flow in the dance. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I loved when I discovered Kundalini dance is the breath helped me move my energy and access limitations, challenges, shadow within mm -hmm. me. And it also helped me access joy and freedom and possibility and lightness mm -hmm. and being in a place that we can just move the way that feels good. No one is telling you how to move. It's all about accessing your own freedom, which for me, it's like, I call it freedom movement or medicine movement. You're, you're the one that knows how to move. Mm -hmm. And I just help you access that breath pattern and that emotional, spiritual invitation to go deeper. Yeah. It, and it's quite interesting because I remember when Jana first played me some Kundalini music, the playlist, I am probably was just Spotify or something. I was, I had expected something different. Mm -hmm. I had expected something more like Tibetan bowls or like Buddhist flutes, a sort of uh, frequency based, you know, whether it was 636 or whatever, some sort of sophageo, I guess, frequency based yeah. trance like progression. Whereas I, it was quite irregular. It was quite surprising, the music. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there was a purpose to that. Very much so. <laughs> I call all of my music playlists musical medicine. Mm -hmm. So every track that I put in that two hour session either accesses new energy grids within us, new patterns, or it can amplify our energy, or it actually gives a purifying vibration because in dance, we do spend time being in our shadow self, being with our hurt or our anger or our frustration or our shame. And we have a purifying track there that actually moves the energy and creates a little chaos that we can actually move it out of our physical body and move it out of our energetic body in a beautiful way of really embracing who we are in our wholeness, not pushing it away or abandoning ourselves, but alchemizing all of mm -hmm. who we are. So mm -hmm. 
every track has a purpose to either open and inspire, purify and awaken. And they're very different. I want to say like, depending on who you will dance with, many of us have very different essences to what we bring to that playlist. So you might go learn Kundalini dance in someone in Australia and it can be very tribal music or very trancey music or Mm -hmm. very, yeah, very, I don't even know, like maybe way more crystal bowls. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just kind of depends on, especially the chakras we're working with and also the energy that we need people to move in that space. And when they come to you, they, well, again, to go back to Jana in this session, I know that she, she cried a lot and she had a lot of visions. She actually said during, during it, which is, which is really amazing where it becomes like a plant medicine ceremony. You know, I think that that's something that everyone is, at least peripherally aware of now as they, they bring it more into the mainstream when they talk about the benefits of psilocybin and different things like that, which medicalizes a little bit spiritual traditions or maybe a lot, but it's bringing that in. And where, where I'm going with this is, so we've sat with different medicines and obviously the medicine helps detach you from your ego so that you can face these hurts, these shadows, like you mentioned, and then you can begin to alchemize them and and, and integrate them. But there's a huge component of letting go where, and I've done this personally, where the, the ego, the fear of the, of the thing that you've held on so tightly to doesn't want to release period. How does this process help somebody who, you know, they're going to come into this environment and it's like, maybe they're, they're quite wound and tied and, and married to their pain or something that, that is, has got them. How then do, does this process begin to pull them so that they can, they can go through that alchemization process? Mm-hmm. Great question. And I'll start by speaking about my own experience. So I discovered Kundalini dance when I moved to Vancouver in 2009 mm-hmm. And I was going through a challenging time. I moved from a different process, uh, from a different province, and I am actually a farm girl. So moving to the big city was big, like energetically big, overwhelming, way too many people, all the things. And I was living in more of um, a different area of the city that didn't necessarily feel as safe to me. And so I was confronted with a lot of fear moving the first couple months. And my roommate at the time, I lived in a shared house. She said, Martine, I know you're not doing great. And she also was a healer at that time. And she said, I want you to come to this dance class. And I was like, oh God, I do not dance. Like, no. And she's like, no, just come. Like, it's not like dance, dance, just move in ways that feel good. And I was like, oh gosh, this is a little bit ridiculous, but yeah, I'll come. I knew I needed something even though I was like, this is going to be dumb. And I showed up to that class. Oh yeah, I felt that before. (laughs) But I knew, I just knew. I was like, I knew something was there, but I was like, no, this is not going to be good. I showed up to that class and I hated it. And I loved it at the Mm. same time. And so I decided to then register for her seven week series. That was like an introduction session she did. And she was teaching a chakra series the next week. 
And so I registered being like, I don't know what's here, but I need something. This is going to be it. And I loved it, but I hated it. So let's do it. And I hated it because it was so confronting. Mm. I didn't know how to trust my body to move. I didn't use my voice. Like there were so many beautiful women in the room that were so expressive and they knew how to like do a ha or, ah, or, you know, express their anger. And I was silent. It was like, I had a muzzle on myself, not even knowing that. And so everything was so confronting. And so I did this chakra series. And of course, going through the chakras, every session is vastly different, Mm -hmm. vastly different in music, in energy, in breath patterns. And so by the time we got to crown chakra, seven weeks later, I had removed so many masks that I wore Mm -hmm. that I didn't even know I was wearing in society, in relationships. Um, I got to dive into expressing my voice and even try to express in class. And I felt so awkward doing it because I didn't feel worthy of my expression. I didn't feel even know what my authentic expression was when they're like, oh, just make a sound authentically. You're like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) When you're not used to being authentic, you don't even know what authenticity is really. And I got to go through a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. And so unweave patterns of shame of being a woman or shame of, um, yeah, all, all the, all the layers of shame that we can think of and anger and frustration and being a very high performing woman that ran very masculine energy patterns in the world, finding a way to come back into my feminine body. I didn't know how to do that. And so there's all these different pathways that women and men can show up in this space and get to know themselves more as we embrace our shadow side. So Kundalini dance is always about bringing us back to our wholeness Mm -hmm. because we all know we carry anger in our bodies and shame and frustration and disassociation and all these things that we've kind of compacted in our physical bodies and our emotional bodies and our etheric bodies since we are little kids. Mm -hmm. And we have all these little traumas and big traumas that can happen to us that Dance is there to help heal. Dance is there to help us actually embrace those parts of us and say, I love you, even though you feel this way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold you as I say, like dance has taught me how to mother myself. Dance has taught me how to be my own wise woman. Dance has taught me to embrace my little seven-year-old Martine that feels like she doesn't have a place in the world, you know? And so it like brings us into this space of, any trauma, little T or big T trauma, we're there to meet ourselves and to love ourselves more deeply and to embrace those parts of us for true healing and and true compassion and true unconditional love for us. (laughs) I know that was a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's so, I don't prudent, relevant. You, you talk about these masks because it's come up a few times one of my mentors was talking about how sometimes once you take, put the mask on to show up in society, you never take it off. And I, I keep thinking of these, these patterns. I heard it explained recently this way that like, if you think about, and this is what you explained that Jamie said to you about the ever changingness of us as we go through life. However, the mask is the thing that essentially helps people, society recognize us. And sometimes when we go through a big 
spiritual change um, or we've done a lot of healing, people don't even recognize you anymore. You've, yeah. you've let, you've let something go. And it's because what they recognize is the pattern of how you're showing up in the world, not, not like what you look like or what jeans you wear. And the way he described it was he's uh, like a, a whirlpool by your friend's house at the river always looks like the same whirlpool, but it's changing a hundred percent of the time. And we're that way, but we, because of the labels and the, and the way that, again, that's that, that structure of society, that indoctrination of this is how to be, they, you know, we feel like if we aren't that, <laughs> if we don't show up that way, all of a sudden, you know, we can't actually be our authentic selves in it. And it's screaming at us. And I, I'm curious then, what do you think today is the spiritual message of, of these times to, is there, is there like a mass frustration where we've just imploded on ourselves and now we're like, we're all being forced to, to look or, and some, and some people actually are looking I know it's kind of a loaded question and a big question, but I just, that's, I guess, no, I maybe the, maybe the real question, Martine is like, is much like you moving to Vancouver and then finding your way into dance. Is there something that's happening in the world at large all the time, not just today that is forcing us or pushing us or moving us towards these healing journeys that we should take. Is that a fair question? That's a great question. <laughs> and I want to start by saying, I don't think there's one answer, but here's my answer. I believe that we are divinely human and humanly divine. And I believe our soul chose to show up in this life to work through and to grow and to evolve as a path of deepening into love. Mm -hmm. And some of us are very privileged to be and to grow up where we do in what families we may have. And some of us have, are not as privileged and have a difficult and more challenging human experience. And I want to say like, that is very diverse. The diversity of being a human is like, it's actually so inspiring how diverse it is in an inspiring way of like, it's so grand that what is there almost 8 billion? I think I just read there's going to be 8 billion of us this fall or something, or in the next year that it's just so diverse that every soul is showing up for their own journey. And I believe that journey is to deepen into love. That's my belief. And I believe that comes through particular challenges in life. So whether that is growing up in a family that is really difficult. Mm -hmm. I believe that is even having kids is opening up a portal of deepening into love and understanding, right? And compassion. I believe, you know, people that have incredible careers and then suddenly lose it all in a, in a millisecond. Um, I believe those are deepening into love because it's like when we can go through these ups and downs and walk these mountains in our own life, when we get to the valley, like who sustains us, who holds us? We are actually the only ones that can know how to hold ourselves. And 
when we can then have a community that can help us remember and help us anchor into our knowing and into embracing our challenges and or our aspirations, I believe we just, we begin to know ourselves deeper and we begin to have opportunities to find more peace in our life, really, because the challenges can be super difficult, but also they can be super beautiful pathways to peace when we don't let it confront us or I want to say like drown us, you know, when we know that this is one life, but also it's so interesting because it's like, we don't want to spiritually bypass any trauma and just be like, oh, it is what it is by no means. Like there's bad stuff that happens in people's lives, but at the same moment, it's like, how do we love ourselves through it? And I think that's what the mission is for me. How do we love ourselves through our life? Mm -hmm. So that we can get to a place where we are just love. Is that, or or just just love, but I feel like we're returning to love again and again and again, Mm -hmm. because we are human. We have anger. We have disappointment. We have frustration, right. At our partner, at our pets, at our kids, at the world. Right. But it's like, how do we stay in the heart there Mm -hmm. and always return to love? Because I think we do have these human experiences that are very visceral. Yeah. But how do we get to peace faster? Mm-hmm. Each and every time. Yeah. The continuation. I mean, that's always, I've found since I've stepped my, or put my toe into this world a little bit is that there's a, there's not a misconception in the community of healers that there's a one trick or a, a secret sauce or, or like a one thing solves all medicine yeah. or dance or well, dance being medicine, but that is sometimes the outer view stepping in. It's like, oh, well, okay. If I just do an ayahuasca ceremony, boom, I'm done, baby. Like we're good, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, you're good for like three days. I feel pretty, yeah. pretty yeah, good. And then, like, you, then you talk to your mom and she bothers you. Yeah. You, you know? we triggered back into it and there, and you have to be committed yeah. to the integration. And this may, maybe that's a fair segue into asking, you know, both how specifically from a Kundalini standpoint, but also from the standpoint of if you, for instance, if your wife is in or your girlfriend or whatever is in Kundalini and you're not, and they are going through something, how does that, that partner step into this? And I guess they had the backside of that is, could they just also participate on their own, even though it's definitely, it's something more women do than men. Mm, Yeah. Great question. So definitely a layered answer I'm going to give you. One is, so I definitely love holding sacred spaces for women. That's just a passion of mine. But when men are women and women are in the Kundalini dance space, like extraordinary things happen Mm -hmm. because I believe men need this medicine too. And there are yeah, there are many practitioners around the world that lead those co-ed circles, which are amazing and or focus on men's groups too. And so it's just be so beautiful to, whether it's a partner in relationship or whether it's a friend or family member to hold that person in their experience with honor. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back to my practice with my partner. I moved to Vancouver to be with him and he was my pillar. 
So as I was going through my dark night of the soul and finding and dancing Kundalini dance in my awakening of returning to myself, he held this beautiful pillar of light. He would never say that, by the way. I was going to ask if those were his words. <laughs> yeah. I got you. His words. Pillar of light got you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He held this pillar of light. That was just him being who he was, but holding me with grace, with honor, with openness, with vulnerability, with compassion, with softness as I'm doing my healing. Cause going on that roller coaster of healing is not enjoyable. Right. And so if you have someone in your life that can just hold you with so much love as you go through it and have that really practice unconditional love and practice compassion and even curiosity, Mm -hmm. because I would come home and I would have to learn as I took off my masks and being vulnerable and returning to authenticity, I would have to relearn in my life how to share my experience with him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it felt like I was an alien, right? We have these visuals or these memories, even of like different lifetimes sometimes, or we have these body knowings that you're like, I don't even want to say this out loud. Like I sound crazy, Mm -hmm. but it was so true in my experience. So I would be like, well, I don't even know how to say this to you. Like, it sounds crazy. And he'd be like, I want to hear it anyways. Mm. You know, it's not crazy. It's just what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And so just being open and curious without judging and even without sometimes responding is awesome because it provides us an opportunity just to speak Mm -hmm. and to know and to share and to be witnessed is really what it is. Man, here, here to him. I, uh, I yes. think that's uh, that's such a, a powerful thing. I I want to hear it anyway. And even if you take out the the big healing, the big healing medicine of Kundalini and these other these other um, practices, and you go to just like, how was your day? And then you hold the space for somebody to share the little things. You're, you're just allowing them to little heal yes. along the way. Right. And <laughs> we just so them. healing little heels. Yeah. Like, cause we're, cause and again, this, I hate the cliches, but they're true. They're true for me. It's like, well, instead we, we turn on Netflix, we scroll YouTube, we scroll Instagram, whatever. And we lose that moment of little healing to say, I want to hear what you have to say anyway, both ways. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden we feel a little lighter. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and he, I think and we just... need lightness in our life, mm-hmm. right? Life is complicated and it can mm-hmm. be messy. It can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And we need that lightness of being in relationship, even in friendship and family too. that ripple effect of how do we hold that lightness in the space for also people to just express what they need to express and to have no judgment around it. Cause we're so quick to judge in society that it's like, if I need to express my frustration, I also want to know that he's not going to shame me for that. Cause I, sometimes I just need to get it out. And I, I always actually say this in dance class. I remind people as they drive home, you've been in a sacred space for the last two and a half hours, be kind to yourself, be compassionate yourself, go slowly because you may want to swear at the driver in front of you as you're driving home. <laughs> 
right? Because we go back into our humanity. We're like, someone cuts you off and you're like, F you. And you're like, I just left a Kundalini dance class. Like what is happening? <laughs> Man, right? I missed the more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, I... But then you're like, oh yeah, F you. And like, also, okay, I forgive you. How do I return to love? Mm-hmm. Like within a moment. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to continue to be in our humanness and not be in the perfection that we are sold yes. Yes. through everything that we see in snapshots, Yeah, you know, including healers <laughs> including oh right never like, put a healer on a pedestal ever <laughs> they're just going to come crashing down yeah because they're human yeah we see that and we like to bring them down because we're yeah. like oh well we're down here what is it like <laughs> i think that's called the crabs in the bucket uh theory yes right like yes. just like, oh, no if you can't be at the top i'm like i'm yes. gonna you down with me yeah and i want to touch on something also about it being expressed and sharing. And I'm going to come back to a beautiful teaching Jamie has shared with me time and time again. He's just, he's such a beautiful mentor in my life. I just am holding my heart here as honoring him and his medicine that he brings through is he, he always invites us when we're sharing in sacred space and community circle, he says, express what you feel you need to express for the evolution of this group, but keep what you know to yourself that is sacred. And so it's finding discernment as well of what to share that, you know, is actually a ripple effect of medicine for everyone else. And they're going to have their own codes and remembrances and aha moments from it that might help them remember. Oh yeah, that's, oh my God, I totally now remember this, this, and this from their own journeys, Mm -hmm. but also like the sacred stuff is really for us too. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to share that with anyone. And so it's being discerning in our vulnerability of not oversharing for the fact of oversharing or sharing, but knowing what is just for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so, it's wonderful because, and it's, it's really like the healing group. Whenever you sit with, you go to Kundalini dance and they, you go to a, a mushroom ceremony, you go to an ayahuasca ceremony, you go to even a, a cacao ceremony, yeah. non, you know, non uh, psychoactive bad word for it, but it just means you're not going to hallucinate like you would with a psychedelic, how they always remind you when you sit in the group that everybody's here for a reason and that not just an individual reason, you're all collectively here for a reason. And imagine if we stepped into just our daily life that way, because it's the exact same. Why would, why would the ceremony be any different than going to the coffee shop? The guy who's running you cut you off. Like it's all, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah. Life is ceremony. Mm-hmm. Life is ceremony. Totally. And, and I feel like when we look at it that way, we can be so much more compassionate and gentle yeah. with each other. I, I don't know how I feel about this yet. Maybe you can share, but in that, in that, with that in mind, this idea that like, we need the things that irritate us, that frustrate us, frustrate us, that hurt us even. Not to say anyone deserves a certain kind of tr- terrible trauma. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the opposite creates the experience that we have. So if something, if I don't agree with something that's happening in the government, it's creating my ability to have an experience and reaction to it. Yes. And it's like, so we get frustrated with the thing that we don't like, but the thing that we don't like brings us back into 
right? (laughs) I call it polishing the diamond. And you know, like when we polish the sides of the diamond, there's friction there and there's a dissonance there to get it crystal clear. And so all of those opportunities coming back to the government, it's like, we are given daily minute by minute opportunities in life to know who we are, what our values are, bring us back to our own sovereignty mm-hmm. so that we're not controlled. We live in a con- very controlling system, but we're actually free in our heart. No one can change that. And we work within a system. So it's like, how do we navigate our own sovereignty within a controlling system? Mm-hmm. How do we play the game essentially mm-hmm. to be in the system without being overwhelmed by the system? Mm-hmm. That's, that's an incredible practice. And we have a whole new world when we recognize that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the inverse happens is the system loses control. Yeah. And not, and not literally speaking, it's saying they never had it in reality. Right. Like that's, and that's not, again, it's not really conspiratorial. It's just in, in its essence, it is a controlling system. Yeah. But that's how it's been designed, right? Yeah. And um, so I want to, if you can't, if if you wanted to add something there, awesome. But if not, I wanted to just pivot just a little bit because there were so many other very curious things in your bio that you do. Uh, some of them I wasn't even familiar with. I under, um, I have some understanding of the Akashic Records, but the light, the light language and the, uh, I, apologies, the Mesa. Mm-hmm. What was that one again? Yeah. Andy and Mesa Carrier. And, Andy, Andy and Mesa Carrier. Can you tell me what those are and like what, yeah. what you do in those spaces? Yeah. So I think I'll start with light language. So there's all different types of light language and there's, and really what it is, is if we think of the physical light that permeates the planet, the cosmos, all the things, the spectrum of light, there are no words. It just is light. It is a frequency and a vibration. And so people can, and all of us operate in this, right? We are literally operating light language every day, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. And there are specific people um, that are attuned to receiving light language and sharing light language in different ways. So some people actually speak it and it, I'm going to compare it to like speaking in tongues, Mm -hmm. but it's like words and vibrations and moving the mouth in, in not actual English language, any language, it's a light language. So people can speak it auditory and verbally Um, people can write it. So if you think of writing like squiggles and shapes and, and symbols, they can write light language. And then the tradition that I have learned from my mentor is an indigenous Mayan tradition Mm -hmm. from the Esperanza lineage. And it is light language that is sacred geometry and color. And so what they have transmitted through teaching through the lineages is everyone on the planet speaks this already. We just don't know it, Mm -hmm. but we're all emanating sacred geometry from our auric field. And we're emanating, like if you imagine a pyramid, we can imagine a green pyramid that is emanating from our auric field, whether we know it or not. We have a shape that holds, and then we have a color. 
And we walk in the world like this all the time, but they've put it in a way of learning what the shape and the color actually translates as. Right. So if somebody can see the pyramid, they can say, well, this person hypothetically is not feeling well. There's, a, there's something, or they can see in the geometry emanating from a person, how that person may be experiencing life or thinking yeah. in their body. Yeah. Okay. So, and, I, and you, I'm just going to flip what you said, cause this will be helpful for people is a green pyramid is super healing. Okay. <laughs> right. So, and it's like, we also have expressions that naturally occur in our society. Like, oh, he's feeling blue. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's depressed. He's heavy. He's not feeling great, which is like too much blue in the aura with a different sacred geometry. That's not elevating, but it's like a bit more overwhelming mm-hmm. or contained, or he's like, Oh, he's seeing red. He's super angry and frustrated. So his auric field has this really red vibration that is super agitated and aggressive. So when we know the shape and the color, we are able to walk through consciously walk through the world consciously with more awareness of what we're emanating. Mm -hmm. So I bring that into the Kundalini dance space and as a healer, because I can set my space up. If people want to work with a really beautiful vibration of vitality, we can imagine our room, never mind our auric field, but our room that we're sitting in is a green three-dimensional sphere, which is Mm -hmm. circle. And then we're in this space of healing and vitality and grace and balance. And it's still, because it's a circle, it has this natural flow and this evolution of, of growing with it and growth. So if somebody thinks it, they can recreate it in their auric field. It feel yeah, even if yeah, they- it like emanates and beams out of your body as light. And you can see it, but others who aren't trained or- is it a gift? Others. Can. You can definitely be trained. Oh, yes. Can, okay. To see it. And because we all operate this way constantly, like millions of shapes and colors a day, your, your super conscious actually just knows what it is, mm-hmm. but our conscious brain wants to be like, Oh, that's a green sphere. But our super conscious knew that like 10 seconds ago. Right. Right. It's it. I always find this so interesting because some people go, well, that's really woo. -woo. And I was like, well, but even if you take a purely conventional um, consensus science point of view and you go down, well, the neurons and the protons and you break, you break a physical substance down into constantly moving chaotic energy of which you actually don't know the smallest, small of the matter. And I think in, to a degree, that's what you're just saying is like, there's other dimensions that we are emanating oracle yeah. that they're not as physically present, but they still make up the whole. Yeah. Part they're not the tangible to grab, but they're all around us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we feel so good walking into temples sometimes some of us walking into cathedrals, right? Cause it emanates this uh, vibrational yes. element we sometimes feel super agitated walking into people's homes mm-hmm. because it's like they hold not necessarily them, but they could be, but their home holds this field of like density mm-hmm. and like, yeah, compaction, right? We don't actually feel light and free. It is so funny about that. Maybe you can opine on it is that throughout 
my life and obviously Jana's, we both struggled with anxiety and depression. And in times that we've been very low, people have still come into our house and felt good. And I was always curious about, well, this is not to toot my own horn at all. I'm not saying like, <laughs> like I got a good green pyramid going here. <laughs> I'm just saying like, does that mean that, that my physical experience isn't necessarily representative, uh, representing what is my auric experience? Does that, does that make sense? I don't, I don't really know how to articulate yeah. it. I would say it all interweaves together. Mm. So you can have a really welcoming, beautiful, energetic experience or a vibration that you hold in your home when people walk in. And because we're all these different layers of all the different bodies that we are, Mm -hmm. you can feel low and depressed or uncertain or scattered or angry. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's kind of all weaving together. It doesn't always have to be just one thing, but think of it as like, the Russian dolls, mm-hmm. right? The, the doll that's holding the grand energy of your home is beautiful, but maybe you tiny center is like not feeling great. Yeah. I, I, I once read a great author, Anthony DeMello, great book awareness by him. He, he helped me make one of the bigger shifts away from depression, which I believe this would be a Buddhist, or at least what he was referring to would have been a Buddhist way of, of looking at it is that I am not depressed. There is depression that is present in me, but it's, it's not a reflection of me or who I am. And that, that separation really helped me stop beating the shit out of myself about being depressed. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I'm going to help us move into the next topic of the Andean Mesa carrier because that translates so perfectly because I've been practicing in the indigenous tradition of Andean wisdom since 2009. So that's my main spiritual practice. And I also practice within Jamie's community of children of the seven rays because he's an Andean wisdom keeper. So he has taught us in the Andes, in the indigenous knowledge, there are seven parts of the mind, seven parts of the body, and seven parts of the soul, hmm. right? So even if you think of that depression, that depression can be one of the 21 parts of you. It doesn't make you fully depressed, although you are experiencing that energy in the energetic grids of who you are. Mm-hmm. But we would have to figure out, is it in the mind? Is it in the body? Or is it in the soul? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then we can work with the healing energy of actually transforming and transmuting that so that it doesn't exist at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you've opened up Pandora's, not Pandora's (laughs) box, but you've opened up a very interesting box. And we, we are on a, we're, we're keeping it tight today. And so how much of that can you go into? Because that was super interesting. There's the seven different parts. I, if I understand, you went to Peru with. I did. Jamie, Lifelong right? dream come true. Right. And, and if I may, I hope Jamie doesn't mind. Like he looks like Maui. Like he is like the coolest looking. Like I can just like, if you want to just envision what Martine is like. This guy has got the coolest tattoos. He's got the most wonderful energy. It's just like he just embodies this. Mm. But um, so 
however you want to approach it, the experience there, the, the 21 different levels, like how we bring this experience it heal from it a little, you know, how, please help me. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start by saying, go learn from him. Yeah. Any of your listeners hmm. go see if you resonate with what he's sharing because yeah. he does it in such an impeccable loving opening way for us to understand in our heart, mm-hmm. never mind understand in our brain. And it's so funny because there's many of us in our community that have like been there for over 10 years, but it's like, sometimes we say, Oh, he literally just broke my brain today mm-hmm. because the brain can only understand so much, but we know it to be true in the heart that you're like, Oh my gosh. So oh, yeah. I'm not going to go into the 21 parts because that is so complex. I imagine when you said that, I'm like, this must be like encyclopedic level. Complex. Yeah. It's so complex and so extraordinary. And what's coming through is that in the Andes, the indigenous tradition of the Andes is that we live in the rainbow. Mm. We don't live in the black and white structure that many of us here in the North live in. It, the, we call it the, the polarity. Polarity doesn't exist in the Andes in their knowledge. We work in parity. Mm. So the sun and the moon, the black and the white, the male and the female, they're pairs. They always exist together and they'll never exist without each other. And so they don't even have the binary ideology that one is separate. It's like two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. So knowing that we are always in wholeness already. Mm -hmm. And then within the parody of black and white is the space in between, which is the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And every color of the rainbow holds a certain vibration. So in the Andes, let's say green means the vibration of healing, where yellow is illumination. And then it's like, this also relates to how we walk in the world because every color is part of our values, our personal values. And every person's values are completely different, right? But we're all in this whole energy of we are the rainbow and we weave in the rainbow Mm -hmm. and there's space between all the colors too, which is like portals to different doorways and pathways and multi-dimensional realms. So it's so grand, like it's so macro, but it also comes down to like very micro. Is there a place for those who are curious, you know, whether it's Jamie, but what about yourself where if this is really piquing their curiosity or also talk about that inner knowing it's really hitting them in a place where it's like, Oh, this is exactly what I've been trying to tangibly speak about. Is, is there, is this something that you do within the Kundalini separate from the Kundalini that they can, and virtually if they're not in Vancouver, you know, happen with you? Yeah. So because it's so embodied within me for over 10 years, I definitely talk and teach and, I guess have offering circles of wisdom that come through because it's also how we can dance or it's also how we can access our inner knowing. Mm -hmm. And if people are attuned to communicating and getting to know Jamie more, we can put it in the show notes, but we can visit him at children of the seven 
and he does many online and of course, Vancouver based offerings. But I would say if Peru calls to your heart, we always tell everyone if Peru calls to your heart, it's been calling your soul. Right. And so when it's ready, get to Peru to have, to go to the temples, to feel the medicine, to be in that really grounded heart-based healing that Peru carries in its frequency. Via like through children of the seven rays or yourself, or could somebody just independently find those temples that you're referring to? Yeah. So definitely going on a sacred tour with Jamie is extraordinary and life-changing. And he's so, he's such a beautiful guide because he actually has, I want to say like a, a diploma or an education in tourism. So he knows all of the, I want to say like historical archeological knowledge of mm-hmm. Peru and the temples. But because he's actually an indigenous wisdom keeper, he goes deeper than you will get from many other tour companies because he's actually giving you like the sacred spiritual Mm. frequency that comes through those temples, like the wisdom teachings, not the historical archaeological. So it's so funny. Sometimes he'll laugh because he will be like, yeah, there's a tour guide here at Machu Picchu, like explaining about this rock, but he's like, he has no idea that this rock actually is like a whole temple in itself that relates to this, this, and this, you know? That reminds me of this book called Anamkara by John O'Donohue. Fantastic yes. Celtic mysticism. With mysticism, it would be a Christ, he would be a Christian mystic poet. Anyway, he talks about that a little bit. Like if you go to Ireland, there's it, and you look and there's a rock, that rock may be like sacred wisdom and that, and they will not let you. And this is actually, as I understand it in the fabric of society, not just within the circles of those who are, are, are looking um, at the mystical and spiritual. They're like, no, no, no. My ancestors live in that rock. Yeah. <laughs> so it reminded me of that, but listen, Martin, you, you so amazing. And I wanted to, because we're going to wrap up here. I wanted to just make sure two things. One, was there anything that we didn't discuss or, that I didn't ask you that you really would love to share? Mm, Great question. I feel I would just like to remind your listeners to continue to get to know yourself every day Mm. and feel what that feels like. Don't know yourself in terms of the mind or the brain and your conscious part, but know who you are in your center. What is your desire? What is your pleasure point? what feels true Mm. and claim that truth as yours and it can change tomorrow and you can have a whole different opinion on knowing in a week or in two months. And that's our constant evolution. And I feel like because of where we are in the world at this point, especially the last couple of years, we really need to know what we stand for, Mm. what we believe is true, what we feel as peaceful in our body and in our mind, what we are anchored into our own personal value system. Because as we know, the last couple of years have been very diverse perspectives. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can know what we believe and what we're, what our values are, the more that we're anchored into our heart mm-hmm. and it will be easier. You'll have an easier life. I'm not going to say it's not going to be challenging, but it's going to feel more effortless. 
that is so perfectly and wonderfully and relevantly said. And how might they, just to, to continue to riff on that, as they start to feel more effortless and grounded, just also understand with that diverse perspective that's out there, just approach what it would be the opposite of where they found themselves in, in what they know to be true. Is there any just tidbit there that you might be able to add? Fair question. <laughs> Can you rephrase that question? I guess once they've, <laughs> once they've tapped into, okay, this is what it's been like in the world for the last couple of years. And this is where I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable sitting and being and, and how I understand it. But I know that my grandma doesn't feel that way <laughs> to just, you've, you've answered it throughout the podcast, but so I apologize if I've, I've soured the ending, but to just, to take that love and that centeredness that you've, they've cultivated and bring it to the opposing to the to the other side that they're not trying to change anybody's mind yeah. just so that they can approach that with that love that you talk about is it yeah that's beautiful and you literally just i got shivers so i got goosebumps on my arms because i believe that's the work mm-hmm. and the more that we can feel like we can express our truth the more freedom of expression can rise on the planet mm-hmm. The more that I can feel safe in my family, my relationships, my community to express my knowing, I want to say like my view, but not from an intellectual, Mm -hmm. it can be intellectual, but my knowing, Mm -hmm. the more that actually gives permission for others to express theirs, Mm -hmm. even if people disagree, Mm -hmm. right? We know what disagreement feels like and the more that we can practice, because I believe it is a practice, our authentic, our authentic expression and sharing our truth, even if our voice trembles, we naturally give permission for the world to do the same. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I think I, when I said you were a special person, I, I meant it and I, I know everybody now can, can see that as well. And I just, I'm very grateful that you followed that man to Vancouver and, and thus found yourself where you have, because you're a light to the world and um, you've been a light in our life, even though this is the first time I've met you because of the healing that you've helped uh, Jana experience. Where can people find you? Where do you like to communicate Um, with them so that they can learn more. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I'm just going to say that's the ripple effect that matters, Mm. right? We, you and I don't even know each other and I've had a ripple effect on your life, just like you're having a ripple effect on your listeners' lives, which will then have the ripple effect into their families, communities. Like that's why love is so grand. So thank you for having this platform for people to remember who they are in the most exquisite and simple ways, because it changes the whole energy of their lineage, their families and their communities too. No, I got shivers down my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The light can just circulate around the globe. And yeah, I would love if any of your listeners want to connect more. I 
would love to connect. I love to play on Instagram the most. So you can find me at heartpreneur8. And otherwise, my website is martinecleison.com. And there you'll find whether it's you want a personal offering, like your own Akashic record reading or a light language grid or session or come and dance. All of it's always on my website. And that's about it. I feel like I'm on Facebook, but I'm, I usually play on IG the most. Go follow her. Please <laughs> do yourself a favor and dance. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Thank you so much. What an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much. And you. As always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. No, there is a lot of podcasts out there. So we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you and make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post, anything. We'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests you think we should have on. Of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace.